Aaron Rodgers is likely to be the Jets quarterback in 2023. He's 39, he's going to turn 40 during the season, however. How much does he still have left to offer? It's one of the key questions of the 2023 Jets season, and we'll talk about it today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, April 7th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, thanking you for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes immediately as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. There are some big questions facing the Jets in 2023. There are some key players whose performance could make or break the team, and we're going to talk about these players and the questions that come with them on today's episode of the show. Now, we are finishing yet another Aaron Rodgers free week with the Jets because the trade has still not been done. This thing continues to drag on. You know, the question is whether or not it's going to get done before the draft. Maybe it'll get done during the draft. You know, I think there's plenty of speculation about that, that the Packers clearly clearly want the 13th overall pick. The reports at the moment are that the Jets are more comfortable giving up one of their two second round picks to Green Bay. So this could drag on. It's, it's conceivable it could happen during the draft because you know, a few weeks from today, it'll be day two. The Thursday night is when the first round happens. So if the Jets pick 13th overall, that'll show the Packers that, you know what, you're not getting a first round pick. So if you want the second round pick, you have to make the deal today. So hopefully this thing gets resolved soon because this is just dragging on. It did not need to get to this point, but unfortunately the Jets and the Packers have both negotiated pretty poorly. So now we're still here on April 7th waiting for a trade. But I think we can guess at the moment, the most likely scenario by far is that this deal eventually gets done and Rodgers eventually becomes a member of the New York Jets. And I think that there's a question out there that we haven't really talked, that hasn't really been discussed a lot. And that's how much does Rodgers have left in the tank? Because... His 2022 season was not good. I mean, it was he, he averaged under seven yards per attempt. It, it was a rough season, and I, I know people can make excuses. Look, he was playing with a thumb injury, a serious thumb injury. That That's going to impact you when you're throwing the ball, probably. And we know that the Green Bay receiving group was you know not stellar. You know, the, the, For years, the talk was that the Packers really don't have many good receivers out beyond Devontae Adams. And of course, a year ago, they traded Devontae Adams to Las Vegas, so... Now, you know, Rodgers was really left with very little. I mean, he had Lazard, who was, you know, he's Lazard. Uh, Christian Watson, who flashed, but was a rookie. And, you know, there, there really is not, not a lot Green Bay had going for them. But we also know, I think, I think if you've been a Jets fan over the last few years, over the last decade, over the last 15 years, you also know that it's very easy to make excuses when the quarterback does not perform well. And frequently those excuses are not not really telling the whole story. And I should know, I've made pl- I've made excuses for plenty of Jets quarterbacks and really gave them too much leeway as they struggled. So I speak from experience here. I mean, there were, there are plenty of Jets quarterbacks, young now they tended to be more young quarterbacks than than guys Aaron Rodgers' age, but I myself have made excuses for plenty of quarterbacks when 
really there were fundamental issues with their play. So what can the Jets expect from Rodgers? I think another warning sign there is that Rodgers did not even throw for 300 yards once last year. And that's, that's another kind of red flag out there. So this is a sign. There's, there are signs of potential decline from Rodgers. And this is going to be one of the big questions of the season for the Jets. How much are you getting out of Aaron Rodgers? Now, what I would say is, I think I'd start off by saying that I think that if you're expecting MVP Aaron Rodgers, Superman Aaron Rodgers, the guy who can lift the team on his back, that might not be the most realistic expectation. And it's not so much, it's not just that he you know, showed signs of potential decline last year. It's just his age. He's 39. He's going to be 40. That's the age, you know, quarterbacks typically fall off in this league. If you haven't fallen off by that point, you're probably going to. Really, the only exception you can find in modern days is Tom Brady, and he's Tom Brady. You know, that, that's the, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, Aaron Rodgers, and painful to say, because you know, Brady beat the Jets so many times through the years, Brady was one of the biggest, uh, ne- maybe the biggest nemesis of recent memory for the Jets, but Aaron Rodgers is not Tom Brady. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers, you know, has the training regimen Brady had. And part of the reason I think Brady was able to play so well, really into his mid-40s. I think last year was really the first time that his age showed in a meaningful way. I think there was, you know, there was some gradual decline through over the last decade or so. But last year was really the first time Brady's age showed in a profound way. And it was because of his training methods, you know, the guy who took took unbelievable care of his body through the years and I don't think Rodgers has it doesn't certainly doesn't seem like Rodgers has the same sort of training methods. Now what you can say on the positive note is first of all Rodgers is going to have a better receiving group this year with the Jets than he did last year with Green Bay. And that's really it's a, it's going to be a one man receiving group. It's Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's the guy, but Garrett Wilson's a very good guy to have. Uh, you know, 1100 yards you know, I think there were a couple aspects of Garrett Wilson's game the Jets really did not take advantage of enough last year. I mean, I think Garrett Wilson, based on what I saw, and you know, it's a little bit difficult when you're judging receivers on the film for things that they're not doing for plays that they're not targeted. But I mean, I think Garrett Wilson, there's some untapped potential there as a deep threat. I also think Garrett Wilson is a guy the Jets could use more just to give, just to scheme some touches near the line of scrimmage. You know, those those guys you can just throw the ball to. Maybe get get them the ball on the run on an end around. Maybe they throw them a screen. Um, Garrett Wilson is so effortless the way he changes direction with the ball in his hands, and I think that that's the type of thing that that it just makes a quarterback's life easier. Because let's say you need twenty first downs to win a game. Well, if you if you have a couple of those where the quarterback just has to hand the ball off or just has to flip it out to his receiver. You need less out of your quarterback. It makes your life easier. I've talked about this through the years when we're talking about young quarterbacks, but I think it also applies for a quarterback at the end of his career like an Aaron Rodgers. I think that the Jets, the Jets can reasonably ask for Aaron Rodgers to do a lot for them this year. You know, look, they're going to be paying him $60 million. I don't think you're paying a quarterback $60 million if you're asking him to be a game manager. But I think that you want to lighten his load as much as possible. The other question mark will be the running back position, namely Brees Hall, who's returning from an injury. Will Brees be Brees? The Jets have kind of hinted that he's going to be back. You know, Hall has said he'll be back by training camp. The Jets have said he'll be back by week one of the season. But there's still a question of what version of Brees you're getting. I think Brees Hall will be Brees Hall again at some point. I think he's a great back. I was really excited a year ago. You may remember I was that was my favorite pick of the whole draft. It was my favorite move of the whole offseason last year when the Jets traded up for Brees Hall, and he justified it. I mean, let's be honest. Brees Hall was did a phenomenal job as a rookie, 
And I do think he'll, I think he will be a great player again. But I do question whether how good he'll be immediately. Now, if he's good immediately, again, it takes some of the pressure off Rodgers. I think that if we're talking tangibly, it's difficult to, it's difficult to, when we're talking quarterback decline because stats only, I gave you some stats. Stats only tell you part of the story, though. I think that the one area where if you, if you, if you watch him, it's pretty clear. Rodgers does not move as well as he used to. Now, that does not mean he's, he's not Joe Flacco back there. He's not a guy who's totally incapable of moving the way Flacco is. But he's not, he's not the mobile guy he was early in his career. For me, one of the things that's really set Aaron Rodgers apart early in his career and you know the midway part of his career up to the last few years was his ability to throw on the run. I mean, he just, with the big arm, obviously the big arm, but the ability to just put passes at pinpoint precision on the run evading pressure. I mean, they, they, I always thought, I, I always got excited when I watched the Packers game and saw Rodgers get away from the pocket because I knew something special was probably about to happen. So uh, the, the lack of ability on the move, or, you know, the decline, I shouldn't say lack of ability because, again, he's not Flacco, but he's not as good on the, he, he's not as mobile as he used to be. And I think that the, part of the issue here is that the Jets are going to have to build up this offensive line. You know, they have not done a good job with this offensive line in Joe Douglas's tenure. They've not done a good job with the offensive line since, like, 2010. And they need to do more on the offensive line. they got to get a center in here. They've got to figure out the tackle position. I, I don't think you can go with what you got to tackle. I think they have to bring in a tackle some way. You know, maybe it's through the draft. Maybe it's through free agency. But you can't go with Becton and Brown and expect them to stay healthy over a full 17-game season. Now, if you get a tackle in here and then you're pretty much splitting the season between Becton and Brown and hope that between them you can get 17 games, that's a more reasonable bet in, in my view. But, you know, I think when I when I look at this, you know, the question is whether Rodgers is in decline, whether he, he's finished, whether last year's poor performance was a, was a sign that he's, you know, too old, or is it a case where the Packers just did not put the right pieces around him, he was injured, maybe things that weren't his fault. In a situation like this, I tend to think that the middle ground is probably the most accurate. So my guess is right now, Rodgers is probably not an MVP candidate, but I think he's still well above average. My guess is he's probably going to give the Jets somewhere between like the 8th and 10th, but somewhere in that range, some like the maybe 7th, 8th best quarterback in the league. He's not, he's not at the top of the league anymore, but good enough to win with, certainly good enough to win with if you put the right pieces around him. Now, here on the Locked on Jets podcast, we'll talk about a guy who simply did not play last year and really did not play the year before, Makai Becton. His ability to hold up could have major implications on the Jets season, and we'll discuss that in more detail as we continue this Friday episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked on Jets is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. We spend so much time on this podcast kind of playing the role of GM, talking about what the Jets should do. I'm sure you have your opinions. Well, try you got to play Ultimate Football GM. It's a mobile game app. If you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you've got to give it a try. It's not as easy as you think to create a dynasty. Because when you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you are responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salary and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of a season. It's in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want to and when you want to, and Locked On Jets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game store. Again, the code is LOCKEDON in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. 
And to download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Again, that's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. We're talking about some question mark players for the Jets on today's episode. We've talked about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers, so I'm not super worried. I don't think he's the player he used to be, though. This is a player I'm super worried about, and I alluded to him in the first segment, Makai Becton. And we all know the story of Makai Becton. Unfortunately, got injured two years ago, week one against Carolina, missed the rest of the season, even though the Jets gave a would prove to be an overly optimistic time frame. The Jets at the time of the injury suggested he'd only be out half the season, and he ended up missing really the rest of the 2021 season. And last year, there was lots of optimism around him. He came into training camp in great shape. It was one of the topics of the offseason last year. You know, people, it was the question, of, was Becton in good shape? It was, uh, there was all, the, all these videos on social media, all these pictures on social media. Some people arguing yes, some people arguing no. Came into camp in great shape. It proved that the story was a little kind of ridiculous. All the speculation was absurd. Unfortunately, though, he got injured again. Now, coming off two pretty serious injuries, what can the Jets count on for Becton this year? And I think the answer is probably not a whole lot. I mean, would you really want to count on a guy who's played one game the last two years, not even one game, three quarters of a game the last two years. And that's one of the problems the Jets find themselves in the tackle position. And I know if the Jets don't draft a tackle, the, the talk will be, well, you know, Becton's in great shape this year. You know, Dwayne Brown, maybe we can get another season out of him. And I don't think it's a very good strategy. That's a strategy I've heard many times over the last decade through the Jets at various positions. I've heard it at wide receiver. I've heard it edge rusher. And essentially, what happens is you begin the offseason saying, of course the Jets are going to upgrade at this position. And then free agency passes. You say, don't panic, we still have the draft. And then the draft passes and you don't draft somebody. And then you, you essentially say, well, maybe we, you start talking yourselves into, you start talking yourself into the idea, well, maybe we'll be okay. And I guess you could talk yourself into Brown and Becton. I don't think it should be the plan A. But that said, if Becton somehow could stay healthy this year, you know, it would be a big boost to the franchise. Because I think we know that Becton has the physical ability to be a good tackle. In fact, even in his rookie year, he was good. You know, he wasn't great. You know, there were some hiccups, especially near the end of that 2020 season. But on a team that was hopeless, I mean, as hopeless of a football team as you'll ever see in the NFL, the 2020 Jets, I do think Mekhi Becton was kind of a bright spot. And I was very excited, as many Jets fans were, very excited about him heading into 2021. And then, of course, the injury happened. He lost a full year. 2022... There was maybe some cautious optimism from some of us, and he lost another season. And I think sometimes when a player is injured this much, we lose, we kind of lose track of something. And that's Beckton's lost two years of the two years of developmental time, and that can be critical. You know, these last couple of years, Beckton's lost the ability, lost the ability to have practice reps. He's lost the ability to hone his craft in, in real game situations, and that can take a toll. You know, Beckton was a guy the Jets drafted. I don't want to say he was a huge project, but he was not a guy whose game was super refined. And I will say in his rookie season, he he was further along than I was expecting his rookie season. I, I remember heading into 2020 being a little nervous about putting him at left tackle right off the bat, but I thought he actually handled it reasonably well, or he handled it better than I thought he would. And from there, I thought, you know, maybe he could grow into a dominant left tackle it hasn't really happened, and I think you know part of it's that although he was not, you know, he was not a completely raw prospect, there were some aspects of his game that needed technical refinements, and he's essentially lost two years worth of development. So 
and beyond that, you know, we're talking about shaking off the rust. I mean, I would have to imagine that after two years where you really haven't played football activities, two years where essentially your entire focus has been on rehabbing from a serious injury, you know, there's just some, there's some things that are going to have to come back to him. So I, I can't say I'm super optimistic about Becton this year. He's one of those guys where I think he's kind of a wild card. Now, if, uh, if for some reason I'm wrong on this and everything falls into place, then suddenly, you know, the Jets find themselves in a pretty decent spot at tackle because, you know, you've got a guy who was a first-round pick just three years ago who flashed ability, has, you know, probably has as, many, as much physical ability as any tackle in the league, just hasn't really had an opportunity to be on the field and display it. So, Becton, for me, and this is part of the reason I think the Jets should probably be looking to find a tackle, he's the type of guy that maybe you bring in as a swing tackle, and the swing tackle is typically your, your top backup tackle. And in an ideal world, he could play both left tackle and right tackle. Becton's played both spots. He played both spots in college. He played left tackle in the NFL so far, but last year he got some work at right tackle. You know, I think if he could give you that, that would actually be a bonus. If you could find a tackle and Becton could step in as your swing tackle, that would be a huge deal. And if, you, if he's your swing tackle, he's probably not going to have to hold up over a full 17-week period. Maybe you get a couple games out of him here or there. But of course, if, Becton, if I'm wrong and Becton ends up locking down, you know, the right tackle job for the Jets, that would be a huge boost to the franchise, and it would fill a huge need. It would fill that that need that the team has with Aaron Rodgers. You know, going back to what we said in the first segment, when you got a 39, soon to be 40 year old quarterback, you really got to protect him. You really got to put a good line around him. And if Becton can somehow turn into the player the Jets were hoping he'd be back in 2020. You know, that would be an enormous, I, I don't think you can overstate how big of a boost that would be to the team. Now, head here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll talk about one more Jets player, prominent player, Quinn and Williams. He's the best play, He's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. What are the questions about him? Well, can he maintain his performance after what was a career year? We'll discuss as we continue this Friday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked on Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, we are approaching the NFL draft, but we don't have any Jets games until September. I guess the preseason begins in August, but the real games don't begin until September. The NBA playoffs are almost here, however. The regular season is winding down, and that makes it the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and it's super easy easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Friday. We're talking about some question mark players for the Jets. Now, you may think that Quinnen Williams is about as sure of a thing as you can imagine because he's coming off a season where he was an all-pro, he was a pro bowler. He had a breakout season. You know, this was the the Jets in 2022 finally got the star they hoped they had drafted three years earlier. Quinnen Williams had a fantastic season. So what's the question mark with him? Well, the question mark is always when a player has a breakout season, can he sustain it? It's one thing to have one big season. It's another thing to make that your regular performance through the rest of your career. It doesn't always happen. You know, some, sometimes sometimes your breakout season is just is just every, everything clicking, everything 
falling into place and you're not able to maintain that level of performance afterwards. And for the Jets, you know, Quinn and Williams is a guy who kind of helped drive the defense to become one of the league's best. So this is no small deal. You know, Quinn and Williams playing like a star or Quinn and Williams playing like, you know, the good player he was in 2021, that, that, that has a big impact on how the Jets defense will perform. Now, he's the third player I've discussed today. For Rodgers, I think the question marks, my answer for what I'm expecting falls somewhere in between. You know, is Rodgers declining? Was the situation in Green Bay last year bad? Is that What was the reason for his poor performance? I think the answer is somewhere in between. So I'm expecting some, some sort of like middle ground resolution there where Rodgers may not be an elite level quarterback anymore, but still is very good. With Mekhi Becton, I, I can't lie, I'm pessimistic. Until Mekhi Becton shows he can stay on the field and perform, I'm going to assume that it's not going to happen for him. Quinn and Williams were ending the show on an optimistic note because I do think Quinn and Williams' performance from last year is sustainable. I think I actually do think that this was part of a trajectory where he's rising. And why do I say that? He's just so technically sound. He knows how to play. You know, there, there's a oh, it's a cliche that's a bit overused. It's you know, he has a plan when he rushes the passer, but Quinn and Williams does. And I think one of the things that kind of determines whether or not you're successful as a defensive lineman in this league is whether you have a plan B. You know. The, Every year there are guys who are drafted and, you know, they're they're incredible athletes. You see them on the edge and sometimes you see them at defensive tackle. You say, how can this guy miss with this level of athleticism? Well, and what happens frequently in college is guys are just so athletic that they overwhelm their competition. The, the difference between a great college player and an average college player is great, is enormous. So you can win on pure talent. You don't, you don't necessarily need to have great technique to win in college. But in the NFL, you're playing against the best of the best. Everybody in the NFL was one of their best, was one of their team's best players in college. Every player in the NFL was one of the best players in their conference in college. So you're not going to play against guys you're over, you're way better than. You may play against guys you're more talented than, but the gap is much smaller. So me using good technique versus you using good technique. If I have more talent, I'm going to win. But if even if I'm more talented than you, if you're using good technique and I'm using bad technique, you're going to win. Because talent only takes you so far. The talent gap's not that big in the NFL. And frequently what happens is players get drafted on their athleticism, and they have to learn pass rushing moves. They have to learn technique. And the team pretty much banks on its ability to, to teach players technique. And sometimes they can, and sometimes they can't. Quinton Williams entered the NFL as a technician. And it's not just, it's not just that he has one move. But this is, and this is another thing that I think sets apart the, the good players from the bad players, the successful players from the unsuccessful players. If my first move is stopped, can I adjust in real time and come up with a second move, a counter move? And almost nobody who's drafted in the NFL enters the league with one of those. They're just, it's just hard. In college, the, the coaching isn't quite as good. And beyond that, they just don't have the practice time to teach this stuff to players. So and that's one of the differences between college and the NFL. In the NFL, football is your job. In college, there's a limited amount of practice time, so coaches really don't have the time to do the one-on-one -on -one instruction that players need to really develop and take their games to the next level. So it falls to coaches in the NFL to do. Quinton Williams entered the NFL as a refined player. He's become more refined, and he understands he understands what what it means when an offensive lineman puts his hands in a certain place. He understands the move he needs to make. So I, I don't think what we saw last year from Quinton is just was just an outlier. I actually do think that this is a case where Quinton Williams ascended into superstardom and i'm expecting him to continue to be great this year you know there's some and it, it's always a question mark i think that you know you can't until you see it a second year because you know after that first year every lots of players have a great first year and then 
the, then, then your division rivals spend the summer crunching the tape and say, oh, well, that's a weakness in this game. Let's try that. And you have to be able to adjust to that. So Quinnen still needs to prove he can do that. But I'm very optimistic about Quinn and Williams. I think you know, if he, he finally, if, it finally all came together for him last year, and I'm expecting that to continue moving forward. And of course, if he does, then the Jets' defense should remain near the top of the league. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're watching on YouTube, please a big thumbs up for this episode. Helps the podcast out. Helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday to talk more Jets.